0: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, a CBS sports podcast. I am Mike Casazza. I cover West Virginia football, which today has a roster slightly larger than it did the last time we spoke, and here to help me comb through all this. this is Chris Anderson. Chris, early enrollment, recruiting class, in class today, and also a small number of transfers that's a little bit larger than the last time we spoke, also enrolled today. Late last week, we previewed the big recruiting visit weekend here. It was and was not what we thought. We can get into all of that from the involvement of the head coach to surprise appearances by players who did and did not commit off the top though eventful productive how eventful how productive relative to what happened versus what had to happen for the mountaineers solid but not spectacular maybe
2: i think and that may be a theme for this entire transfer class and we can talk about it as a whole here in a few minutes but um coaching staff had guys in uh, almost every day they 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 did this back in December, too, and I think Neil Brown mentioned it during his signing day podcast that, you know, hey, every day for the last 12 days or whatever it was, he said, we've had somebody on campus. And this one was a little different because th- this this is usually a dead period, and it's still a dead period for high school kids and junior college kids, I believe, as well. I don't think they count as, quote, unquote, transfers. Um, but these traditional transfers – they had this four-day window where they could get in for visits so that they can visit schools, take official visits, and then try to enroll at their new school for spring football. And West Virginia had guys in um, you know, on visits that went from Thursday to Friday, Thursday to Saturday, Friday and Saturday, Friday to Sunday, Saturday to Sunday. They even had um, C.J. Williams, the wide receiver from USC. I mean, I, I think he posted it like one in the morning. You know, the 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 traditional, I guess traditional is the right word, Twitter, uh, pinpoint, map point, um, push pin mm. with him in Morgantown at like one in the morning. So it, it, I, that's almost like a Sunday only visit, Sunday, maybe into Monday. Technically, even though the dead period ended Sunday at midnight, if you begin your visit during the live period, it can end during the dead period. So he, he because he got on campus on Sunday, he can technically kind of roll it into Monday a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so they just had guys uh, rolling in, speaking of, uh, almost every single day during this uh, open period.
1: Do you think C.J. Williams has needed a place to sleep? <laughs> He's had quite a little trip here, you know, going up to Madison,
2: Wisconsin, and then almost immediately turning around and coming back down to Morgantown. After traveling over from
1: California and trying to get all of this in in about 72 hours, that's a lot. He's from California, too. It's not like he was on, on his way home to, like, Miami. Right. Um, connections here. I'm spitballing a little bit because he's probably the marquee name committed or uncommitted so far, correct? Yeah,
2: I would say so. I think that's the guy maybe most people are going to get most excited about that, that was actually on campus
1: this week. So, like, top 100 player last year. Committed to Notre Dame forever and was like about to enroll there, I think, and then ends up going to USC with Lincoln Riley. A lot of people did. Uh, okay year, hard to get the ball there. I think he was injured a little bit. But he's from Matter Day High School, which I'm pretty sure is JT Daniels High School. I don't know those two ever were on the field together throwing passes at a camp, never mind in the game, because they weren't. And then I'm told there's a Nico connection there. Not sure what that is. Except Nico is kind of like a national quarterback recruit. They might know each other from the recruiting car wash too. Otherwise, this one doesn't make a lot of sense. Except that he's exactly what the Mountaineers appear to be looking for. Yeah, they're, I mean they're looking for a marquee receiver, and here's here's the thing.
2: And, and you brought this up a couple podcasts ago. They're all kind of running together here, uh, but you mentioned what's your pitch to some of these wide receivers when at the time. Um, you know, West Virginia did not officially have a wide receivers coach. They did not officially have a quarterbacks coach. They did not officially have an offensive coordinator. What is your pitch to wide receivers that you are bringing in for visits uh, that you are trying to convince to coming here? You know, it was easy, and not to take anything away because they they did an excellent job uh, in the transfer portal and with their wide receiver recruiting. But it was easy with uh, easier with Dana Holgerson and his staff. Hey, come in here. You know my offense? Yeah, it's amazing. And we're putting guys in the NFL, and wide receivers are going to catch 100 balls. That's easy. That's easy recruiting. You can do that, especially in the portal right now. I mean, I, I, I've said it before. My argument would be, or my pitch would be, hey, look, especially you guys that have one year left, this is a business deal. Come on in, we'll get you some NIL money. You will be wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Um, and you have one year where you will get all the opportunity in the world that you will not get anywhere else and build your NFL resume while getting an NIL money and then move on to the pros. And right now it's a little tough. But if you could get somebody to get those one-year guys, because those one-year guys are tough to get. They, they, it's all the top schools trying to get those guys. That we've seen it. You know, Nick Mardner was a guy that West Virginia got in on early, and I think they felt they had a good shot at getting. And he ended up at Auburn. I believe, or is deciding yeah. between Auburn and uh, and somebody else, but not West Virginia. Um, and you kind of go down that road of of several wide receivers in the similar situation. But maybe these young guys, you know, hey, he's only he's only a sophomore, going to be a true sophomore. High, pe- you know, good pedigree. Hasn't done as much in college. Maybe he's getting overlooked by these other teams because those other teams want the senior or the redshirt junior that already has a 1,000-yard season under his belt, and you might be able to sneak in if you're West Virginia and grab this former top 100 player that's just scratching the surface.
1: Let's talk about chess versus checkers, Chris. You can't ask the offensive coordinator what type of offense you run if you don't have an offensive coordinator. And if you're a highly touted receiver, the answer cannot be wing T or power I. If the question is not asked about what offense are we going to run, Mr. Offensive Coordinator, so the devil's in the details, you know, if you if you withhold the answers, you prevent the questions, right? So maybe by not having the coordinator on campus, here we are going, oh, my gosh, Scott is falling. Ah, very clever thinking ahead. You're not going to discourage anybody like a receiver you absolutely have to have. <laughs> But all right, and I'm out of this. I can't. I can't go in along any Me further, Chris. I cannot advocate for the devil here. Uh, <laughs> hey, still- I, I'm.
2: I'm not. I'm not. I don't think you're that crazy, Mike. I, we've talked about this before. With with quote new coaches, is because, uh, I like what is it? You know, always new hope with new coaches and everything. And if you don't have an offensive coordinator, what could be the offense? Who knows? Could be amazing. So come on in. And, I mean, they do that with new coaches. That's why you see that new coach, that new head coach recruiting spike almost every school every time they get a new coach. Mm-hmm. Regardless of who it is, they get a little recruiting spike that first year because of the unknown, the excitement around this new coach. Maybe you kind of make the same pitch without, oh, man, this offense could be amazing, Who?
1: whoever's calling the plays and running it. Well, think about football coaches, basketball coaches, and the ones who say, we wrap our offense around our personnel. There you go. Okay. We'll, we'll build it to your skill set because yeah. you're amazing. So if you're a, a C.J. Williams or a receiver who wants to get the ball and you come in you see a bunch of running backs and offensive linemen and a couple of quarterbacks, like, wait a minute, wrap it around me. I'm the receiver now. And all of a sudden, maybe, that, maybe that's the pitch too. I don't know. I, I wrote about this yesterday, Sunday, three things, I think. My confidence is shook, Chris, because I don't know what's going on here. Like, this is very strange to me, and I think that things are supposed to follow in order. Like, you should theoretically have your coaches act together Maybe more so now in this transfer era where I I really do think that in the interviewing process or the searching process for coaches, you're looking at assistants who come with baggage in the sense that they can bring some transfers with them. I don't know if Bilal Marshall is or is not that. I mean, logically, he does not have a lot of guys that he coached at VMI because he was there one year. He probably knows some people that he got to know as in his recruiting capacity at West Virginia. He's from South Florida. He played in the big Ten. Maybe he has some connections, but to not have an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach, how are going to call this? who probably is a big name that has a resume and connection. That surprised me here. So I don't know if that's a big deal or not, because here we are talking about a couple of years, days later, and I could I could probably nod my head to arguments on both sides. One more than the other for sure, but what do I know? And then, again, just the thing that I just, again, maybe I got this wrong, but here we are talking about the significance of the basketball game on Saturday. Crowd, opponent, students back, you get to see some fan support. It is not isn't a big deal. By the way, really good move getting there at the beginning of the game and not the end of the game because the end of the game was not very fun. But Neil Brown walks in and you expect him to be seated among the recruits or maybe walking in with a big time receiver, right? He came in with a recruit, class of twenty thirty three, Dax Brown. Not a corner or a receiver, anybody, and he kind of sat in his his seats with his family behind behind the Kansas bench, not because he was a Kansas. Dignitary, but that's where his seats are. They're in that section behind the Kansas bench, and then later on, we'll get to this and why it matters. We saw him across the floor with a couple of recruits and assistant coaches, but here I am thinking that it's going to be like a whole section walled off. I know it wasn't gonna be like as many as a traditional, like a junior day weekend or a big recruiting weekend before, you know, traditionally the the, the February date that you used to see. But I thought he'd be involved in the recruiting the whole game, but now he was kind of having a domestic Saturday, which. Probably did all of his work beforehand. I doubt he was like negligent, but I guess I just don't know what's going on here. Which which leads me to this: we do know what happened with a couple of things. They added some players. Special teams addressed, defense addressed. Some work left to be done. Most notably, receiver. But here we are. What do we talk about? What do we know about? Do you think that there's maybe more room at the end of this now after this weekend for? Needs, but also maybe wants to like maybe there maybe the numbers that we have aren't rigid, and whether it's the next couple of days or the next couple of months, you could have maybe more names. Of what we had previously limited the conversation to. Yeah, so you're sitting at. There was a term you used
2: that I really liked, and I think it fits here, and we've talked about it before, but I, I've never heard the term. Was it a soft close? You know, you always have those restaurants and those businesses mm-hmm. that have soft openings where they kind of ease into business transfer, the transfer recruiting transfer recruiting is going to have a couple soft closes. And I think we're approaching one of those soft closes, meaning that this might be a point in time where you say, Hey, look, this is what West Virginia has done so far. And then in a couple of weeks so far, and in a couple of months so far, and then again, you're still looking at it all the way up until, I mean, we've seen um, especially this coaching staff, add players all the way up into August. Um, so I would not put anything past them all the way up until, you know, kickoff basically. I mean, what, when did Tony Fields get there? Like after fall camp. So I, I think this is, this is a soft close here and they're at six and we'll talk about a couple of those guys in a minute. And I believe our, the numbers we gave or the numbers Neil Brown gave was eight to 12. So you have six, so you got between two and six. Right now, there are 82 scholarship players on our tracker. Two of those guys are verbally committed, but not signed. Uh, two of those high school guys, Chris Dasson, St. John, and Corey McIntyre Jr. So let's assume, let's, let's be, let's be very negative here and assume they're both out. Now you're down to 80. So five spots left. That fits right into that two to six, but don't think that's it. Don't assume that that's it. At least it might be it, but don't assume that's it because the the quote I was told was quote always count for future attrition. And that's that's how the coaching staff of every school has to assume, especially in the day of the transfer portal, especially with a whole nother window coming after spring football. So if you ask me to pick a number, you know, I think you know again based off what Neil Brown said previously, it was between two and six spots left. I would say it's going to be much closer to that six by the time we get to summer ball uh, and maybe uh, summer and not spring summer, um, maybe even higher, maybe even eight
1: more transfers by the time you get into fall camp. Hmm. Well, I think people are going to hear that and go, Oh no, more players into the portal. That's that's an everybody problem. I wouldn't put that on West Virginia necessarily the situation they're in. Let's talk about how they get started here. Kicker Georgia state, Michael Hayes, 11 of 14 field goals this year, 6 of 7 from 40 yards or more. Was a punter before. I don't think they need a punter. Kickoff distance, pretty impressive because they do lose Parker House in addition to Casey Lake. So here's a guy who can do many things, strong leg. uh, Seems like exactly who and what they needed here too. Also, quite a student too, huh?
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, when he made his announcement, he said, you know, he was going to finish out his degree at Georgia State this spring, which gave off the impression, okay, he's not rolling until May or June. And I don't think anybody, you know, was shedding tears over that. Uh, Not no offense. I know, Mike, this might hurt your feelings, but no offense to the specialist. I don't think he needs to be here for spring ball to continue kicking, to continue doing kickoffs, punting field goals, whatever it is he needs to be doing. So it wasn't a big deal. But then he reaches out to me after uh, a couple hours later and says, hey, I'm actually dual enrolling. We'll be finishing his undergrad degree at Georgia State remotely and will begin his master's degree at West Virginia and is already on campus and is enrolled. He was in the video that West Virginia released on Sunday. Um, he will start classes. I assume today, sometime this week, whatever his, his class schedule is or gets enrolled, so he will be here for spring football. He is expected to – I mean, I would essentially just kind of pencil him in as your kickoff guy. He was one of the very best in the country, um, number seven in average distance, top 20 in touchback percentage, so pencil him in there. And he also tells me that he will be in the battle, in, in contention, in the competition – for the field goal kicker. So you got your kickoff guy. You got another competitor for your field goal kicker there with him. I think that's a nice addition. And, and Neil Brown kind of alluded to the fact that they would probably lean that way
1: if the right guy became available. And this this seems like the right guy. If he could just boot it in the end zone every time. Yeah, ideally that'd be a, a problem solver there too. They go to the MAC for receivers. Um, and they also get a defensive back here too. Keyshawn Cobb. Actually, they got a defensive back from the Mac too, correct? Two defensive backs now from the Mac. Keyshawn Cobb, safety from Buffalo. And this feels like a fit too in that he looks like he's very comfortable near the box, around the box, in the box. Um he can hang with slot receivers. Break up seven passes this last year. Also made 67 tackles. They've been in on him for a while. They closed the deal here at the end with some interest from others, most notably what UNLV, I believe. But that spear position is kind of a question mark. Don't know what they're going to do with Davis Malinger. Here's a guy who who knows how he plays, but he can be here and he can audition and perhaps fill in. Yeah,
2: he was a guy that I think
1: we ended the
2: most recent podcast with. Hey, wink, wink, nod, nod, wink, wink. Watch this guy. Um, He messaged me before he ever left campus, just raving about his trip and i asked him you know when he thought he might make a decision and he just responded with i'm not gonna let the fans wait too long so seemed obvious which way he was going he ended up uh, making it official committing on sunday spear guy downhill likes to go downhill will hit players as you noted davis malinger you know he might be out for a while um he, he had the surgery late in the season he could be i'm He's going to miss all spring football. He might be out right away up to – or all the way up to fall camp, maybe into fall camp. And then you and I discussed last time on here, uh, Raleigh Collins, who played Spear, but, you know, they they kind of had this idea of him playing Will Linebacker prior to that. And as you noted, you know, he he hasn't quite bulked up to that. He was just a true freshman last year, but is talented enough to get on the field and, and make a difference. So they gave him his four games, redshirted him. And he could be back at will. And if he's at will, and Jasir Cox is gone, and Davis Malinger is hurt, who's playing Spear? So this, is, this was definitely a need and a nice pickup uh, with Cobb.
1: Finally, one of my favorite stories, apart from Cole Taylor. Do you remember Cole Taylor was the guy that the Florida player threw his shoe at? But no i don't i do not remember that remember that there was a it was like a personal foul that won lsu the game that was um, a florida player like lost his mind and threw a player's shoe at somebody during the game that was cole taylor look that one up my other favorite story now is going to be all right me on the pronunciation here chris because you talked to me is it Devin hawkins devon hawkins <laughs> devon hawkins i don't know this one
2: i i he goes by day now uh, okay perfect. i mean I, it makes it easier i don't know how you pronounce it but you know i think he we are, we are not friends. Like, I don't actually have met him, but his friends call him Day. So we'll
1: pretend we're friends with him and call him Day as well. Could be Davon Hawkins. Anyways, Day Hawkins, formerly of Tennessee State and Kansas, excuse me, Kentucky. Um, I have Kansas on the mind. We'll get to that in a second here. But this is a, a new name in the regard of just this weekend and this, this hall of transfer board of players. Not a new name when it comes to WVU, though.
2: No, he, so he got his offer originally from the previous coaching staff when Jawan Sider was the assistant coach and was recruiting South Florida. He's originally from South Florida, West Virginia offered him way back in 2016. Uh, He's a member of the class of 2018 um, signed and committed, committed and signed with Kentucky Redshirted, played sparingly the following year transferred to Tennessee state where he became a three-year starter and, and a very good player. And, it's interesting to look at his snap counts and how he was used, and I believe there was some, some scheme changes while he was at Tennessee State, so that might have played into it, but it kind of speaks to his versatility because his snap counts indicate that at times he lined up as you know a Leo, like left end outside, meaning almost like a Bandit. Like If you look at how the Bandits are listed with their snap counts, a lot of their snaps are Leo or REO, like a right end outside. Um, so he was almost that far out as an edge rusher type. But this past season spent the majority of his time on the interior. So he, he's kind of inside, outside, outside, inside. I think you're going to see him pick up some of those snaps that were left by Jordan Jefferson. Um, maybe they kind of go with some different looks, some four-man fronts. Uh, we've talked about how, how they get multiple with their defensive fronts. And, and so I think you could see him in a bunch of different ways. He told me that the coaching staff, told him he would be used in different ways too.
1: And, and so I, I don't think they're lying to him because he has the ability to do it. The reason that I like this story so much is because he came out of nowhere and then he ends up committing a day later to borderline obsession with him during the game. Is that healthy to say? Well, it's not healthy. Is that right to say?
2: I think it's right. It's funny. And, it's and right before we get there, you're right in how quickly this moved because Friday afternoon he enters the transfer portal saturday he's on campus sunday he's committed that's how quickly these things can happen
1: that's how out of the blue he he was yeah so where i sit at at the basketball games is across the floor across the court across the arena from where the student section is and then the recruits and the coaches were seated behind one of those student sections so i have my binoculars out and i'm peeking at who's over there And right away, you kind of see Dante Wright's there. He obviously has uh, the company he had to keep. Cobb is with him. Um, You're looking for players through your binoculars who look like they might be recruits, but also they have to have like a lanyard for visitors so you know who they are. They can get in certain areas and all that stuff. Didn't see anybody else wearing it. Then, pane to the right, see Andrew Jackson, the defensive line coach. Cannot miss Sean Martin. He's there too. Somebody in between them. I have no idea who it is. And then to the right of Sean Martin is Ray Watkins, who is a uh, graduate assistant for the defense. I have no idea who this person is. He does not have a lanyard on, but I can tell he's a player because he's getting like the royal treatment. Can't figure out who he is. Kristen, you and I are trading messes. Who is this guy? I don't know. Do you know who he is? I don't. That's why I asked you. Can't figure it out. Don't know what to do. Um, halftime comes. I go to use the restroom and fill up my Nalgene, my water bottle. Um, Lines at the restroom are horrendous. So I'm walking around and around and around as far as I can go. When out of the blue. Hawkins just walks right by me, like right in front of me, and I get a very good look at him. Um, Can tell who he is a little bit by his appearance. I can tell that's the player I'm I'm staring at. So I'm trying to figure out, hey, anyone know who that is? No one knew who he was. He wasn't signing autographs or anything. Luckily, Chris, someone sent you a photo. (laughs) And we were able to do the math from there. And then you did the detective work from there. You got the visual evidence of who this was. I couldn't do a retinal scanner or a fingerprint or anything like that to help you out. But um, dumbshoe shoe journalism there, huh?
2: Yeah. I would say you're on it. You're telling me this is what this guy looks like. This is about how size he is. And then finally I get this picture and I'm looking at it. And again, you know, if this were a typical high school recruiting weekend, there are avenues of which to find out the answer to the question. But as we've discussed several times on this podcast and on our message board, transfer visits are different. And this is not something that the school wishes or the coaching staff wishes to advertise. So mm-hmm. answers are not coming. And I'm comparing it to every player that's gotten an offer from West Virginia in the transfer portal. I'm, I'm Despite you telling me the size. I'm thinking, all right, maybe, you know, from a distance Mike's missed it and this guy's bigger, smaller, whatever. So I have checked every position. I have checked every picture of everybody that has gotten an offer from West Virginia in the transfer portal. Then I think, boy, I might just be old. I need to find a young guy to help me out here. So I sent the picture to someone who is about half my age and said, all right, I need some boomer help here with the internet. Who is this guy? Do you know? Guy gets back to me. Took him a while because he this player did not have an like you know Hawkins did not have an offer when he came to visit. He had, as I noted, had just entered the portal the day before. Um, because we don't have a Tennessee State site, uh, his profile was not properly updated, and so we were kind of. Swimming upstream on this one. And then as soon as you know I got the answer on that, I was like, there it is. I reach out somebody. Yep, that's him. Got an offer today. And and it all kind of falls into place from there. And then we kind of figure out because I think I had reported about another defensive lineman that was planning on visiting on Sunday. I get the the then it all like it all, all the whole picture comes together because I kind of got some, hey, I don't know about that guy coming on Sunday. And it's because hey, waiting on the answer from Hawkins. And then we'll see where it goes from there. So it, it all made sense. And Hawkins was the guy. I so said, the moment he entered the portal, he told me, he told me in the stories up for our VIP members that the moment he entered the portal, West Virginia reached out to him. And I think, you know, this is, this was a nice pickup, a uh, funny story. Cause yeah, it, it, it took some work. I, I had, you know, as you noted, we knew it was somebody big. We knew it was somebody important. We knew it was somebody they wanted. And, and That was a a solid addition for West
1: Virginia in this class. I can't figure out why guys don't spend time in the gym for basketball. Um, I can't figure out who calls plays in the red zone or in the traditional open field in football. But give me binoculars (laughs) (laughs) and a person half your age, Chris, and we can figure out who a mystery commit is or a visitor is too. Outstanding. Um, So, yeah, there you have it. Wrapping up a little bit, like you said, soft close. One of many coming here. Not the end. And even when the the gate looks like it's dropping, um, it's got room for more people to slide underneath too. Last one, look at the Tennessee state logo. How long until they get a call from LSU? <laughs> I, I can't believe they haven't already. Because I I remember seeing that like a few years back. There was a
2: guy that got I'm gonna have to look it up and maybe I'll post it on the board. There was a guy who used to, he was a recruit and he would send messages, to be like, I, I got this offer, I got that offer, I got this offer. And it was, you know, Alabama, Georgia whatever added to my profile, but I knew, and we as a network already knew that the vast majority of these offers were not legit. And he ended up signing with Tennessee state. And I just remember, I think I was looking, I was looking something up and I scrolled down, saw his name. And then I saw signed and saw that logo. And I was like, Holy crap. He actually signed with LSU. Oh my God. And then I'm like, Oh no, 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 that's not LSU. So it's slightly different. That's a little dark blue instead of a
1: purple. So never mind.
2: But yeah.
1: It's pretty blatant. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It's never mind the tiger. It's the script of TSU. Like really trying to make that look like an LSU. And then they have a practice facility where the logo in the middle looks again, it, it looks like it's an in infringement team. They're gonna get an IP letter once uh once someone we know at LSU hears us, perhaps. Well, actually, we do know people at LSU. Never mind. So maybe that will happen. We'll see. People listen. Keep on getting. my sorry can I get my quick 60 second
2: soft close yeah, on these it. six six transfers mm-hmm. um this to, again i mentioned it earlier solid but not spectacular i think everybody's still waiting on that that wow you know that wow edition um uh, that you're getting in the portal you know last year granted it didn't work out as well as everybody had hoped JT Daniels was that wow addition in the portal. You saw Tony Fields a couple years ago, and you're looking for that type of player. I'm not sure that's happened yet, but if you look at the six guys that West Virginia has right now, I think you have gotten a starter at Spear. Do I want to say upgrade? An upgrade over the first half of the season at Spear, maybe not second half, because Jasir Cox got got good in the second Mm -hmm. half of the season. Um, So we'll see about that. I think you got an upgraded tight end again. No, I mean, Brian plenty was brought in for something and and that didn't happen. So I think Cole Taylor could be, or should be an upgraded tight end. I think you got a starting tight end there or somebody could split time with Jalen Davis, Montre Miller. Um, so far he's been far more productive than anybody. West Virginia has at cornerback uh, right now. So I think you got a starting cornerback or maybe an upgraded cornerback. Deshaun poke has been one of the best kick returners for the last couple of years. So I think you got a Uh, an upgrade there, and then also like a third or fourth wide receiver. You got an upgrade at kickoff specialist. We'll see about field goal kicking with Michael Hayes. And then you got Devon Hawkins, who again, or Devon Hawkins, who's been good to very good at the nose tackle position. Now, Jordan Jefferson has been very good to great. So I'm not sure that's an upgrade, but maybe you get 80% of that back. So if I told you you got upgrades at like four positions and, and, you know, picked up a lot of your losses at a couple others, I think you'd be very happy with that if you're a West Virginia fan. But you still know this was a 5-17 and last year, and you need to do more than that to change the record in 2023.
1: Took the words out of my mouth. You got to have a foundation and once you get the pieces in place, you can build from there so they can still make splashes. They can still put the big bricks in place and there's time to go. Then more players will enter too. And then you're going to have that rush of players after spring football. Um, And frankly, some of those older players that leave after spring football, they don't need a full off season. They don't need spring football either too. So um, spring football, kind of a drag for some people, but you'd like to have them on campus and around uh, and doctor themselves a little bit, but beggars, choosers, you know how that goes. Coming back later this week with basketball and and grasping and explanations for what the heck's happening there to the players, to the personnel on the field, excuse me, the court, the sideline, the plans that are coming together, falling apart. We'll try to figure it out best we can. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza, And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you
0: then.